Welcome to Gone Fishing, a show diving into the cybersecurity threats that surround our highly connected lives. Human vulnerability is almost completely ignored in the security awareness space. But why is that? Every human is different. Every person has unique vulnerabilities that expose them to potentially successful social engineering. It's time to change the focus and bring it back to the human factor. On this show, we'll discuss human vulnerability and how it relates to unique individuals. Assessing the constantly evolving human risk is how we make our company safer and more secure. I'm Connor Swam, CEO of FinSecurity, and welcome to Gone Fishing. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Gone Fishing. I'm your host, Connor, the CEO at FinSecurity. And today, we're going to talk about me. No, I'm kidding. We're going to talk about why I care about security awareness. So that's going to include a little bit of my background. That's going to include uh, Finn's background. That's going to include a whole lot of things. What do I think about cybersecurity? Why did we decide to try and solve this problem? So on and so forth. Some of it might be a little boring, but I find it incredibly interesting and maybe you will too. So background of starting Finn. Uh, so in college, uh, I was actually a house flipper. You know, ooh, ah, how, how the hell was I doing real estate? Um, I flipped a bunch of homes in college to pay for my loans. Uh, most People had jobs in college to pay for their loans. I, I viewed it very similarly as I just taught myself to do that and learned how to flip houses and paid for most of my loans that way. Um, and then at, after graduating, lost all of my money buying a house I shouldn't have. That's a story for another day. Uh, all of the learnings I made from listening to advisors versus knowing when you're right, uh, not letting your ego get in the way, whole nine yards. A lot of, lot of learning there done. Uh, but basically, what that made me do is I had to move back into my parents' house for a while. And I had to live in their basement and I had nothing to lose because I had already lost it all. And I wasn't going to go get a career because uh, I didn't want to do that. So I just decided to start building security tools um, and to start just coding because uh, it's something that I really enjoyed. Uh, and I only wanted to do things that I enjoyed at that time because I had just lost everything. So I'm building these security tools and I am... Uh, Meeting with, uh, as I do that for quite a while without talking to anyone, you know, if, uh, if you ever talk to an entrepreneur, you talk to anyone and they say, if I build this, like people will come by it, run the other direction. That's just not how the real world works. Build it and they will come as a lie that only people who have not done it understand. That's just not real. And so, um, after getting really frustrated with nobody wanting to buy anything that I was working on, I decided to go talk with business owners. Uh, I ran across one MSP in that process. Uh, and I just asked them a whole series of questions. So for those of you who are thinking about starting a company or starting one to this day, asking questions is the best place to start doing that. And I just started asking simple questions like, what do you hate? Why do you hate it? What tool do you buy you wish you didn't have to buy? Which tool do you have budget for that you wish you could pull elsewhere? How much did you pay for that? How much did you want to pay for that? I just kept asking all of these questions. This, um, what tools do you buy and not use? That's just waste of money. I wanted to know. What problems were that they were already committed to paying for existed in their business that I could help them with? And one MSP that I ran across in that process uh, started mentioning security awareness. They said, you know, I have to educate my clients, but my clients don't like what's going on. A lot of them just ignore this. And then they keep making mistakes that keeps causing problems. And then they started to talk about their own internal companies. My employees also don't like this. My technicians don't like this. And as I started to ask more questions surrounding how should this work? Why should it work? Why should it work like that at all? What's the end goal? Is this 
what does the industry seek to do? What is the end result that you'd really like to get out of this? It became clear that there were really two things uh, that MSPs wanted. One was for people to change their behavior or and, and to understand their behavior and then to change it when it wasn't safe and secure. The second was they didn't want to spend any time managing dashboards, right? Stop babysitting a dashboard uh, is a statement that a lot of MSPs make to me. And so um, as I was talking about that with this MSP, they said, if you just made me a tool that was easier, you would I know 100 people that'll work with you tomorrow. Uh, and that kind of felt like an opportunity. Said, okay, I'll just start doing that. But then I started digging into things. So I talked with uh, a lot of folks in the industry, whether that was practitioners, whether that was people running uh, security awareness training programs, whether that was owners of other companies, whether that was MSPs who were currently delivering it. And there were a few things. Uh, and I even went and I talked to the employees that had to be the recipients of the training programs themselves, talked about their experience as well. Um, and in college, I studied math and I still enjoy talking about it to this day, but I want to relate to you an experience I had that I saw happening in the awareness training industry and still see to this day, uh, to some extent. Anytime I talk to anyone about something that I really enjoyed that, you know, I was incredibly passionate about, which was math, the conversation would be over before it started. The light dimmed from their eyes, their mother, their brother, their uncle, their friend they hadn't talked to in a million years was calling them from the next room and they needed to go. That's just how every conversation went when I tried to talk about math. And then when I would talk to employees at these companies about their experience learning cybersecurity, they would tell me almost the exact same story. I don't like this. It makes me feel unintelligent. It makes me feel uneducated. It makes me feel unprepared. I don't like the way security folks treat me most of the time. I don't feel like this is really valuable. I don't know why I have to do this. This takes a ton of time. It's like, insert anything you've ever heard about any training you've ever done. And I started hearing it all. Um, and so I was like, wow, these are the people. Uh, if you listen to my last episode, these are the people that need to understand basic definitions and basic uh, examples of implementation. And they're completely turned off to the idea of learning cybersecurity because of the, the way they've been treated in the past or they feel they've been treated in the past. And what that leads to is just them completely disengaging from the learning process and from training at all. It's like there's just no engagement because of the way it's perceived. And so I really started to cue in on, it's like, all right, we need to change the way we're talking to people. We need to, again, if you listen to the last episode, talk to people in such a way that they understand and doesn't make them feel like we're talking down to them. Don't use acronyms. Don't use words that are industry specific. Just un teach them basic principles and ways that they can, you know, take examples from their daily life and, and understand with such as, multi-factor authentication and losing access to your personal emails. What would that do to you? And just go through that exercise with them. Uh, but then the second piece was, well, now we need to educate the practitioners and the people who are running these programs as well. It's like, hey, this you need to change the way you're talking to people. If your end goal is to really create additional security, the thing that creates additional security is not the program. It is the change in someone's understanding of their behavior and then the actual change in their behavior. So they know what risky behavior looks like from a personal point. And then they can recognize it when it happens in their business and around them, right? So like most people, uh, tailgating. So like following somebody into, a, into a, a place of business, the people who end up, you know, I don't, I don't want to say hackers, it's an overblown term, but the people who end up doing tailgating to actually get access to businesses, they recognize that most people at that business aren't, I don't want to say educated enough, but they, they are more willing to be nice than they are to stand on the boundary and say, hey, actually, you need to go check in with the front because that's what we've been taught. And the gap between those two things is just explaining 
why it's really important to the people. It's like, hey, you may want to be nice. However, here is why it is incredibly important for somebody to understand why tailgating is a security risk to our business and how, what your role in preventing it is. So I just saw a ton of that happening in the industry as well uh, and just wanted to build something that prevented it. Because at the end of the day, I have, uh, I have this belief that cybercrime is just an inefficiency in capitalism. What I mean by that, if somebody can spend a dollar to steal 10 versus spend a dollar to make two via traditional means, so they steal 10 versus make two, there are a lot of people and a lot of companies around the world who are going to make that decision to steal $10. That's what they're going to do. And so if there's any amount that we can shrink that gap, every, let's just say every fictional dollar that we shrink that gap by, um, is is a set of people who are going to realize the risk is not worth the reward and they're going to either work at a company or they're going to build a company that makes money via traditional means and not through theft. So that's how I've always viewed it is cybercrime is this inefficiency that we should, you know, gradually approach that should like our goal as a society should get it to approach zero all theft but you know in today's day and age cybercrime is the biggest topic. And so an example of that Verizon releases uh, one of the biggest security reports in the world every year. It's called Verizon, Verizon's Data Breach and Investigation Report, DBIR. And a, a big section of that is dedicated to humans, to what are people doing? How insecure or secure are people? In which ways are they insecure? I remember uh, in 2020, the first time I read their Data Breach and Investigation Report, going through an analysis of humans at every step of a breach. There was like infiltration, um, uh, there was infiltration expansion inside, like getting access to additional privilege. And then there's like all the way to the exfiltration and, and then the theft or, or the ransom. It's like there were five, five big pieces and where, what mistakes were humans making at every single piece. And I remember a statement that the, that the report made, which was something like 88% of breaches involved the human element. And that's very widely, uh, popularized. It's a term and it's a phrase that most companies sometimes, including myself, will use. I do have some issues with the way they, you know, report on the statistics and the way that that's 88% of breaches are not because a human made a mistake. 88% of breaches involve humans. Technically a statement that um, I make and Reg Harnish makes uh, a um, buddy of mine as well and a great cybersecurity educator is, well, if that's the case, 100% of breaches involve the human element. If it was a zero day, so to speak. So if it was a uh, uh, flaw that was not recognized in, in very commonly used software that most people use, like Google Chrome, for instance. Well, a human coded that up, right? Uh, a human made the mistake of leaving a vulnerability in that code that nobody caught. So at the end of the day, are humans responsible for 100% of breaches? Uh, you know, by that metric, the answer would be yes, or through that lens, rather, the answer would be yes. But what's very clear to me is that if we got rid of all of the theft of credentials, theft of access, or uh, losing your MFA token, or just clicking on phishing emails that downloaded software that you shouldn't have on your computer because it's malicious, if we got rid of that, most breaches, uh, at least in that report, would be, would be gone. It's like, okay, well, if we get rid of those little by little, or if we educate people to the point where they understand what, what theft of information, access, and money is going to look like before it gets to their doorstep, uh, where are we going to be? So we're probably going to be a lot closer to, to what I what I'd mentioned about capitalism. We're like spending a dollar to steal ten. Maybe they only make eight now. Maybe they only steal ten now, or eight now. It's like, well, 
What's the result of that? The result of that is just more people getting less of their money stolen and more businesses getting less of their hard-earned uh, uh, capital stolen as well. So it's just a better place for everybody to be in my mind. Um, my end goal for uh, cybersecurity education, um, it's kind of like uh, I just want, I want people to not feel like they're being judged for trying to understand cybersecurity. Uh, the two fastest growing industries in the world are healthcare and cybersecurity. And something I mentioned in my last podcast episode was um, technology will increasingly so becomes a part of our lives, becomes more integrated more deeply into our lives. Like somebody could, I mean, I've seen people to do this, but people would find it incredibly hard to operate their lives without a cell phone, without not just a cell phone, but a smartphone. So if somebody didn't have a cell phone and somebody didn't like, let alone a smartphone, like, what would you say about that person? They're completely disconnected. They're incapable of interacting with most people on a, on a, on a, on a daily time frame, and life is going to pass them by. It's like, that's just a statement that people would make. Uh, and so since technology is here to stay and it's going to become more integrated, um, I see a world where teaching people who haven't grown up with the entirety uh, of that technology, because a lot of it's invented incredibly quickly. I see a world where teaching those people to not only understand it, but to recognize its implications and how to implement it properly without feeling dumb, without feeling judged, without feeling misunderstood, while feeling that they're properly communicated to um, and supported. I see, I, I want to make a world where that happens uh, just because I see it as not going away. It's humans will always be here. Technology will always be here in some way, shape or form. So they're going to have to work with each other. Um, now I'm talking about technology as if it were its own human, you know, Skynet level stuff, but not yet. Maybe I'll talk about AI some other time, but not right now. Um, but yeah, those are all my thoughts uh, about security. That's a little bit of the background of Finn, a little bit of background of me and why we chose to solve this problem. Um, if you have any thoughts, questions, or uh, you just want to reach out to me, uh, my LinkedIn will be in the show notes. I'm very active there, so I'll always be checking that. Uh, and uh, just feel free to drop by and say some thoughts or give me some ideas. Uh, and I would love to chat with you. But uh, once again, I am Connor, host of the Gone Fishing Podcast, CEO at Finn. Thank you so much for listening to me today. Ramble on about security and education. It was a blast, and I will see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to find out more about creating high-quality security awareness training campaigns that engage employees and change their habits, then check out FinSecurity at phinsec.io or click the link in our show notes. Thanks for fishing with me. See you next time.